I'd like you to grab your Bibles, if you will, tonight. I'd like you to go to 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings chapter 13. <clears throat> and I'm going to let the Lord direct me how this message, obviously, I'm going to let the Lord direct me. <laughs> That's no surprise. But how this message unfolds and begins to roll out, this is going to be different, kind of just even how I bring this presentation of this message, what I feel like the Lord is directing me to do tonight. If you're taking notes this evening, I want to speak to you tonight about revival, arrows, and eagles. Revival, arrows, and eagles. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this night. Jesus, it is for your glory that we are here. It is for your honor. And we worship you. And we thank you, Lord, now for the power of your word to go forth in this place. And Lord, may the spirit of revelation and spirit of wisdom rest on this house. Lord, while I'm imparting, while I'm speaking as your messenger, I pray that you would impart your heart this night. You would impart your desires. You would impart the heavenly vision for our lives, our heavenly assignment heaven's agenda in Jesus name amen I'm in 2nd Kings 13 and this is where we're going to begin that I'm going to preach my way to this text and many times I preach from a text but tonight I'm going to preach my way to this text I love this this is Elisha I'm beginning in verse 14 this is the carrier of the double portion this is Israel's prophet the carrier of the double portion. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die when Joash, the king of Israel, came to him and he wept over his face and he said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Now, what is he talking about? Joash is making reference to how Elijah was taken up in the chariots of fire. Remember this? And Elisha had told Elisha, he said, if you see me go, when the Lord takes me, he said, you shall receive my mantle and you shall receive this double portion. You remember this? And so as Elijah was taken now in the chariot of fire, and Elisha was watching, the, it says, the, the scripture says, the mantle fell forth from Elijah down to Elisha, and he was crying out, my father, my father, and the mantle fell to him. Now, Joash, in this moment, as he goes to Elisha, he sees that he's sick. He says, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. He knew now the time was drawing to the end. And Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. And so he took himself a bow and some arrows. And then he said to the king of Israel, now put your hands on the bow. And so he put his hands on it. And Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. See that picture tonight. He takes the bow. He takes the arrows. The king is taking them forth. Elisha comes behind him, now puts his hands on the king's hands. He said, open the east window. And so he opened it, and Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's 
deliverance. The Lord's deliverance, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. He's saying strike until you have used your faith for a total victory and a total triumph. Then he said, deal with your phones, guys. Do that quickly, please. Then he said, take the arrows... And so he took them and he said to the, and he said then to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck the ground three times and he stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. And then Elisha died and they buried him. And the raider bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. And so it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders. And they put the man into the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood to his feet. My God. There was still so much fire in his bones, still so much anointing in his bones that when that dead man touched his bones, he came back from the grave. Hallelujah. I say his fire never sleeps. Now, I'm going to make my way back to 2 Kings 13 as we meander in the spirit. So let's just put up our sails. Amen. Let's put up our sails in the spirit, and let's begin to get this boat out on the water, untie from the dock, and let's go. Amen? There is something very significant that is happening with this family. There is something very sacred. There is something very holy that is happening amongst us as the Holy Spirit is courting us individually And the Holy Spirit is courting us and wooing us. The Holy Spirit is summonsing us corporately for something greater than we've dreamed. The Lord is teaching us as a family how to pray. He's teaching us how to move in realms of intercession. He's teaching us how to worship. He's teaching us the protocol of worship of entering in to the holiness of God and how to host His presence truly. God is teaching us something very significant on how to host His presence for Him to move in into a place of habitation, a place of real glory. A place of tangible expression of the glory where literally everything will change, ladies and gentlemen. Everything will change. Everything will surrender in this region to the glory of God. It is a transitional move, but it is also a transformational move. I want you to go to Acts chapter 2 for just the next few moments. Acts 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, throughout the next few verses, we see that the masses began to gather when they heard the sound, and they began to come to, near to this upper room. The masses gathered. Some were stunned. It says they were perplexed. They were amazed. They were shocked. But then it goes on and says some of them were mocking. And so jump down to verse 14. Let your eyes go there. Verse 14, but Peter standing up with the 11, he raised his voice and he said to them, men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. That means they are going to declare what I am speaking and saying to them. I've said it so many times here at Victory. Prophesying in its most simple, simplest form is hearing from God and speaking to men. Intercession is hearing from God and speaking it back and sowing it to the heavens. You see the difference? I want you to see these words tonight concerning dreams and visions. Dreams and visions. Because when the Spirit of God places a real dream and a real burning vision within you, that vision will become, it will become so compelling. That vision will so brand your spirit, it will be absolutely impossible for you to ignore it. It will, it, literally, that vision or that dream will take you in its grip. God will seize you. He will take you in his grip by that vision. That vision will overtake you, overwhelm you. And what Peter was saying, and I don't want you to miss this tonight. Can you imagine Brian having to stand up like Peter to Sarasota and saying, no, 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 no. You're, you're miscalculating what is going on amongst us. What is happening here, we're actually not drunk as you suppose. Don't you hurdle over those words right now. I look forward to the day where I have to explain to everyone, no, we're not drunk as you suppose. That means they were trying to discern what was really happening. But the natural mind could not discern the things of God. What is going on here? All they could think is that it was wild drunkenness. The Spirit of God had been poured out on them in such a way, such a, a fashion, that they thought that they were drunk. That's exciting, ladies and gentlemen. That's exciting. They were shocked. They were perplexed. They were in awe. But yet some mocked. And that's always going to come. Now, dreams and visions. Dreams and visions from the Lord in this hour should be the norm. 
It should be the norm. The greater we come into the presence and the glory of the Lord, it should be the norm for every one of us to begin to dream more and have visions from the Lord. For your children to have dreams and visions, to have encounters with the Lord. Amen? Tonight, I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to take a few moments. And as the Holy Spirit directed me today, and it was happening actually last night, as I was in study and in prayer, and then today, the Holy Spirit took me back to a dream that our friend Gina Golson gave. This was released with Dutch Sheets and Give Him 15 last year. It happened actually a year ago right now, April 2021. But the Lord refreshed me and breathed upon this again and said, I want you to release this to the people because this is strategic. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this message tonight is prophetic in nature. What is about to happen, even with Mark and Kathy, as they're being sent forth on this assignment, and what is happening tonight, and even as they return, there is high prophetic significance to what is going on around us. And there's a high level of implication and then manifestation for what is about to come. So Gina shared this dream with Dutch and Cece, my wife and I, a, a smaller group, and then Dutch felt it was important to release it to the Give Him 15. I think it went, went out to over 250, some 300,000 intercessors around the country grabbed hold of this. This is powerful. And in the dream, this is what happened as Gina, Gina wrote this first dream. It spoke of three wells of revival. And you need to take some notes on this tonight because the Lord's going to have you pray into this. The Lord wants you to take ownership of this tonight so that we begin to decree it together as a family so that even while Mark and Kathy are being commissioned and released out of this embassy as kingdom ambassadors, are you hearing this, as kingdom ambassadors, that as we pray this and as we say this and as we lift this up together, we're all going to be part of this incredible breakthrough. Come on. So Gina said in this first dream what it was about. She saw the wells of revival being reopened by the Holy Spirit. She said that she saw Cane Ridge, Kentucky, the revival and the outpouring, and that's exactly where Mark and Kathy are getting ready to go. She saw the outpouring of Azusa in Los Angeles, 1906. In the dream, she saw the outpouring of the Spirit in the nation of Wales, of the revival of 1904. And she said that God is going to merge, hear this, God is going to merge the anointings and power of these three world-impacting outpourings and giving us the synergy of the ages. Now, I believe that God is about to teach us exactly what this means. There's going to be a cross-pollination of what God has done in the past. He's going, it's, it's much like the anointing oil as God spoke to Moses directly of what spices were to go into that anointing oil. God's going to take what he has done before, and then he's going to mix it together to what he's presently doing, and he's going to pour it out on the earth. And in this dream, Gina had, 
Remember, see, the Spirit of God will be poured out upon you, and you will have dreams and visions. So you should expect this, ladies and gentlemen. The dream also spoke of 100 bald eagles, each having arrows in one talon and a scroll in another. After having been drenched by the waters, these eagles from the reopened wells of the Red River Meeting. And where is that? That's in Kentucky. The Red River Meeting, if you, if you were to go to Nashville and you were to drive straight up about 115 miles from Nashville, you would hit the Red, um, the Red House Meeting, where there was another hot spot of outbreaking there during the Cane Ridge Revival. And the Cane Ridge Revival burst open in 1801. I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. So these angels then flew off. This is Gina. The, did I say angels? Sorry, I meant eagles. Let me get that right. I heard myself and went, no, Brian, it's eagles. The eagles then flew off to different parts of the nation. And with the, the water that was falling on these eagles, they began to fall on the people like a rain shower. Nothing else was said in that particular dream about the eagles. And then the following day, Gina had a sequel dream. Gina was given this dream. In this dream, she saw 100 eagles again. And as they were flying in all different directions across America, suddenly they all began diving towards the ground. When near the ground, they leveled off and began dropping their arrows onto the ground. From the first dream, she knew that there were 100 eagles. And in the second dream, she could see that each one carried three arrows. So 300 arrows were released throughout the land. And when each arrow hit the ground, it ignited as though it had hit a gas pocket. And a spiraling plume of fire began to shoot up from the earth everywhere these arrows landed. And then she watched as the water of the eagles that they were carrying was being released. And also, it was being mingled with the ignition of the fire. And the water from the Red River Meeting House was extremely flammable, she said. And instantly, it caught fire. It seemed all of America was on fire with the flames of revival. Come on. Towards the end of the dream, the Holy Spirit spoke to Gina and said to her, The eagles are on assignment. They carry firepower. They carry glory. Somebody say fire. fire. Somebody say glory. glory. Somebody say fire. fire. Somebody say glory. glory. She said these eagles are carrying forth fire and glory. They have firepower. Now, it's no... It's no accident that we have named our upcoming conference with Pastor Kilpatrick and Dutch Sheets, Glory and Fire, this coming August. Come on, church. She says, at this precise moment, the arrows will be released and they will hit their target. And the move of God will ignite and it will spread quickly. And this is what she heard from the Lord. Do not doubt it. Do 
not doubt it. Hallelujah. Now, interestingly enough, last year at this time, in the month of 2021, the month of April, when the Lord began to stir me for 2 Kings chapter 13, the Lord brought in here Walter and Melinda. They were from the, uh, the Seminole tribe. How many of you remember that night? They came in from the Seminole tribe, the First Nations people. And something extraordinary happened that night. They, uh, Walter fell led by the Spirit to present me with an arrow. And that night, we were to strike the ground together for the opening of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit for this city and for this entire region. That was a powerful night. God has been taking me back to this time and time again. And even today in prayer and in study, as I was thinking about releasing Mark and Kathy as they're going directly to Cane Ridge, as they're going to the, the Red River Meeting House, I believe something very special is about the... I want to say it like this. I believe there's a transfer. There is an inheritance. That's how I see it. I believe there's a transfer. There's an inheritance that God has stored up. An inheritance of outpouring. An inheritance of awakening. An inheritance of revival that's about to be shifted and transferred to us from old wells. Old wells of revival that are now coming together the Azusa Street outpouring, the Welsh outpouring, hallelujah, the Cane Ridge outpouring, and God is going to intermingle it, and He's going to pour it out on us afresh, and we're about to enter in to a new wave and a new realm of outpouring and the glory of God hitting us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want to read from a book. This book's written by Brian Gibbs. I like Brian. He's a good guy. This is my first book. It's called Unstoppable and Unquenchable Fire. And I pray that you would get it. If you've not yet read this, I want to just read just a portion out of this. Now, this is about the Cane Ridge revival, Cane Ridge outpouring. And as I read it over you, I'm just praying this leaps right into your spirit tonight. During the first half of the 1800s, the population of the United States grew from 5 to 30 million, and the boundary of the nation moved ever westward. Revivals became primary means of perpetuating the gospel in the growing and the expanding population. These revivals at, their, at the beginning of the 19th century became known as the Second Great Awakening. Cane Ridge, Kentucky became a hot spot of the sec Second Great Awakening as God's presence shook the frontier in 1801. More than 25,000 people gathered, more than 10% of Kentucky's population at the time, in the frontier of unending days of encountering the presence of the Lord. Multiple preachers would find wagons, stumps, 
fallen trees for their pulpits, and they would begin to preach to the masses at the same time. Listen to the account of these eyewitnesses that were reported. The noise was like the roar of Niagara. The vast sea of human beings were agitated as if by a storm. I counted seven ministers all preaching at once from stumps, fallen trees, and wagons. Could you imagine that? More than 25,000 people, seven preachers preaching, thundering at the same time off the stumps. Think of that. I mean, we just got a new pulpit. We just, we just upgraded. I'm glad it's not a stump tonight. I counted seven ministers all preaching at once from stumps, fallen trees, and wagons. Some were singing, some were praying, some crying now for mercy, and others shouting most voraciously. I became as weak as a kitten, and I fled into the woods. After some time, I returned to the scene of excitement, the waves of which, if possible, had risen now still higher. The same awfulness of feeling came over me. I stepped up on a log where I could get a better view of the surging sea of humanity. The scene was then presented itself to my mind as indescribable. At once, I saw at least 500 people swept down in a moment as if a battery of a thousand guns had opened up upon them and then immediately followed by shrieks and shouts that were rending the very heavens. My hair then rose up upon my head. That's hairspray. This, this, is, this is a quote. This is not me. My whole frame trembled. The blood in my body ran cold in my veins, and I fled for the woods a second time. This is powerful. What this man was witnessing was intense. It was the fear of the Lord. It was the fear of God. On Sabbath, Sunday night, I saw about 100 candles burning at once, and I suppose 100 persons from all ages, from 8 to 60 years at once, on the ground, crying out for God's mercy. The sensible, the weak, the learned, the unlearned, the rich, the poor, they were all subjects of it. Sinners were dropping down on every hand. Shrieking, groaning, crying for mercy, convoluted. One witness said, professors, believers, that's what they called them, professors. A believers were, they were those that were professors. We're not talking about university professors. Professors, believers, praying in agonizing, fainting, falling down in distress for sinners or in raptures of joy. Some singing, some shouting, clapping their hands, hugging, even kissing. 
laughing, others talking in distress to one another, or to the opposers, the work of the Spirit overcame them all at once. Exhilarating, isn't it? The Spirit of God came. These are my words. The Spirit of God came in power, sweeping them to the ground and baptizing them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And transformation came to the entire region of Kentucky and America now as love came down. The Cane Ridge outpouring quickly became one of the best reported revivals in American history. And according to the Vanderbilt historian Paul Konkin, arguably, he said, in quote, arguably the most important religious gathering in all of America's history. It ignited the explosion of evangelical religion, which soon reached into nearly every corner of the American life. For decades, the prayer of the camp meetings and the revivals across the land was this. The prayer was, Lord, make it like Cane Ridge. Isn't that awesome? That out of that outpouring of the Spirit, the hunger and the thirst of Americans, the cry of their heart was, Lord, make it like Cane Ridge. Now, I'm trying to paint a picture to you, ladies and gentlemen. This was out underneath the stars. It was out underneath the sun in a field. Tens of thousands of people being swept under the power of God. Preachers just getting up spontaneously preaching and the power of God falling. Hundreds of people just suddenly swept under the power of God. Hitting, hitting the ground underneath His power. Lastly, what is notable in the outpouring at Cane Ridge carried the same distinctions and qualities of the Great Awakening of the 1740s and of the revivals in medieval Europe and on the day of Pentecost in first century Jerusalem. All were moments when heaven invaded and people fell, they whirled, they praised, they groaned, being overwhelmed in the wild, the messy, and the unimaginable way. These were times of profound encounter. God, this is what we're hungry for. This is what we're hungering for. A true outpouring of the Spirit of God. Ladies and gentlemen, not a move of man, but a move of the Spirit of God. The grace of God. I, I, I call you back to these words. The Holy Spirit is summonsing us. The Holy Spirit is courting us individually. He is courting us corporately for a measure of tangible outpouring of the Spirit of God, ladies and gentlemen. Something far beyond anything we've ever dreamed before. But God said in this dream, He said, Gina, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a mixture of the well. I'm going to uncap the well of Cane Ridge. I'm going to uncap the well of Azusa. I'm going to uncap the well of the Welsh Revival. And I'm going to mix them together in the synergy of the ages. And I'm going to pour it out upon my people. But then the ministry of the eagles... I want to go back to this of the arrows. God said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and you're going to see dreams. You're going to have visions. And this is what she saw. 
of these eagles carrying in their talons these arrows that were dispatched and they flew out throughout America. And they were released. And everywhere that they were released, they carried firepower and they carried glory. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you, the cry of me and Bren's heart is, God, let your arrows strike the ground right here. Come on, church. Come on. <laughs> My God. I believe God is about to do something incredibly holy and sacred right here. I want to go back to 2 Kings chapter 13. In verse 17, it says, he said, open the east window. And he opened it, and Elijah said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of the Lord's deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Take these arrows. So he took them, and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. Strike the ground. I want you to circle that word tonight, strike. And we've talked about this before. This is where we get the Hebrew word pagah, P-A-G-A. The Hebrew word pagah, and it's where we get the word for intercessory prayer. I want you to take your prayers and your intercession, and I want you to strike the ground. Remember, you do nothing without faith. Remember, you do nothing without faith. You take your prayers and you strike the ground. Take your arrows, strike them. Now, this is, this is interesting because prophets are different, right? Prophets are different. And in a way, I feel bad for Joash. <laughs> Does anybody else feel compassion when you read the text? Here's Joash, and the prophet has now come, and he's put his hands on the bow, he's put his hands on the arrow, and he's put his hands now on Joash's hands. What is he doing? He's issuing now an invitation for Joash to begin to move in the prophetic. As he put his hands on his hands, he's issuing an invitation now into the prophetic, into the seer anointing. And now he says, now take the arrows and strike the ground. He strikes them three times, and then he's rebuked. He said, if you would have done this at least five or six times, you would have utterly annihilated your enemy. What am I saying to you tonight? I'm saying that we must strike and keep on striking with our prayers and our intercession and pressing in, guys, until we win. We must not back up. We must strike until we win. I want to say it to you like this. We cannot strike and then reach a false finish line and then stop and shrink back. We can't go to a false finish line. We've got to see this all the way through. We've got to see this all the way through. These two years have been years of ep epic turmoil and challenge for our nations and the nations of the earth. And the warfare that we are going into in the coming months and years is going to require 
that we be a people that follow all the way through and we keep taking out our prayers and our intercession and striking again and striking again and calling forth. God, we call forth outpouring. We call forth revival. We call forth awakening to Sarasota. And we don't relent. We are the tribe. We are the people that is calling out saying, America shall be saved. And we will not relent on this. We're not turning over our nation to the enemy. We're not turning over our nation to this demonic horde. We are the ones that are learning how to pray and pray with fervor and passion and fire and saying, God, he's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. Revival's coming again. God is saying to us, you strike the ground until your children in America are free and delivered from this evil. You strike until our children are de delivered from this demonic filth. You strike until the churches of America are burning again. You strike until the pulpits are lit on fire again. You strike until our city sees transformation. You strike until the educational system is cleansed from its corruption and filth. You strike. And you keep striking through prayer. You keep striking through your intercession. You keep striking with faith until we see our nation delivered from sexual sins. Delivered from the perversion of the LGBTQ and this trans movement and pornography. Oh God, deliver America! Oh God! We must keep striking. We must not lose hope. We must believe, ladies and gentlemen. This turnaround is coming. It looks utterly hopeless, but we're not walking by how it looks. Hallelujah. Come on. We're walking by faith and not by sight. Our faith is anchored in heaven in the unseen realm. We've heard from heaven, and the bulls are going to tip, and the fire is going to come and be poured out. God is saying, you strike. You strike until you drive the devil out of this region. You strike until you drive his minions out of this city. You strike until you deliver people from this torment. You strike and keep striking the ground with your faith until I deliver Washington, D.C. Come on! Till I deliver Washington, D.C. from this evil horde. And I raise up leaders that fear my name and fear my word and fear my righteousness. You better believe, ladies and gentlemen, you better believe God is mantling other leaders. It is coming. It is happening. They are going to be raised up. 
And thank God for such a time as this. God had a man in the wings named Ron DeSantis over the state of Florida. Glory to God. You strike. You strike until this evil and this wickedness is brought down. You pray and you intercede until righteousness prevails. Until God rewards this land with righteous leaders. Until God delivers us from wicked and perverted and corrupt leadership. You keep striking and praying. And not just in rooms like this, but you make it a lifestyle. And you live the life of prayer. You live the life of intercession early in the morning, late at night. That this is the cry that begins to come out of your spirit like a a burning river of prayer. That God, you will deliver us from evil. You strike. You strike. Until the roar of the Lion of Judah comes crashing through the ecclesia. And we see God pour out His oil and His fire and His glory. You pray and you push. And just as Shane prophesied tonight, until you birth. There is a birthing. There is a birthing of an outpouring, ladies and gentlemen. And I tell you, you are called to such a time as this. For this time of pushing. For this time of worship. For this time of birthing and travail. To see God is not going to lead us to something that's going to be aborted. God is leading us to an outpouring of glory. I believe it with all my heart, ladies and gentlemen. It's why God intertwined our lives together for such a time as this. It is no accident. He has written this in the books of heaven. It's why He said, I'm going to tie Mark and Kathy Godlewski to Brian and Bryn Gibbs. It's why He tied us all together as family and say, now... Now I want you to cry this out. Now I want you to pray this. Now I want you to contend. He's not leading us to a dead end. It's a glorious brand new beginning. We strike. And we keep striking. Guys, this is the calling on our house. This is the mandate on this house. This house. I'm not talking about this building. I'm looking at the house of God, the house of the Lord. This is the mission of this church. Tonight, I want to freshly commission you to take your arrows of intercession. Take your arrows of passion. Take your arrows of prayer and say, God, light them on fire. Light me on fire. That, Lord, that I would never burn out. I would never lose hope. And I would continue to strike the ground until I see your glory poured out. I want you to stand tonight. I want to pray for the next few moments. Don't let me forget the offering, guys. I've been doing this for weeks. (laughs) I want us to begin. Honey, I want you to come join me. Mark, Kathy, I want you to come join me tonight. I want us to begin to pray in the Spirit for the next few moments, and we're going to pray how the Lord directs us.
Cody, would you come too, brother? Let's not hold back right now. Let's not hold back. Let's not hold back. Pour out your spirit, O oh God. Pour out your spirit, O oh God. Light the fire, Holy Spirit. Pour out your fire and your glory. Rabasata rabasata reata. Rusheka rabasata ekaya. Lord, we say have your way. Have your way and let your dream now manifest, Lord. May the wells of outpouring be uncapped. May the wells of revival and awakening be uncapped now, God. And may a fresh outpouring come upon America. From the Carolinas to California, oh God. Pour out your spirit. Father, tonight, we thank you. Lord, for your divine strategies coming out of the realm of heaven into the earth realm, Lord. Lord, we thank you for that which you have been revealing. Lord, concerning many wells of many revivals that you desire to be reopened, Lord, that they might impact this nation, Lord. Lord, each well has a different mission and a different assignment, Lord. Lord, the waters that flow out of each well have different purposes. So I pray, Lord, that you would send forth even tonight, Lord. Lord, angels on assignment with scrolls. Lord, that you would begin to hand them out to your intercessors. Lord, that you would begin to identify certain assignments, Lord God, in relationship to the various wells that you have been revealing. Lord, to your servants, the apostles, the prophets, the intercessors, Lord. Father God, you have identified many wells that yet need to be opened. Lord, that they might bring forth the fullness of that which you desire to pour out in this coming revival. Lord, as those wells begin to flow again, that which has clogged them up, Lord, needs to flow out of those wells, Lord God, so that a clean flow of the impact of those wells of revival would 
come forth uncontaminated in the days ahead. So, Lord, we look to you tonight. We look to you for further understanding and clarification that you would strengthen those intercessors who receive assignments concerning those wells, Lord, in the present and in the days ahead. Lord, unto the full impact of the past revival, joined together with the flow of the fresh aspects of the revival that you desire to mix and mingle together, Lord. Lord, for you said this revival shall contain and pour out all that the old revivals had and then more, Lord. Lord, so we pray Lord, for clarity, we pray for further definition, understanding, Lord God, of that which it's going to take to fully unplug each and every well of revival that you desire to release in the coming season combined, Lord, with the new that you are pouring out. So we pray for strength. We pray for wisdom. Lord, we pray for the strength of the intercessors. Lord, that they're travailing. Lord, that their intercession. Lord, would come to a place of completeness, Lord. Lord, that they would completely unplug those wells, Lord God. And that they would contend also for the new that you desire to combine with the old, Lord. Lord, that those waters, Lord, would mingle together, Lord. Lord, that they would saturate this nation, Lord God. Lord, and it's a flammable liquid that is pulling forth from these wells, Lord God. Lord, this waters of revival, Lord, affects the pulpits of this nation. Lord, it affects the unsaved. It affects your church, Lord God. The mantling of your church for the days ahead, Lord God, to bring in the harvest. Lord, it affects the spirit of conviction, the fear of the Lord. Lord, to come not only upon the unsaved, Lord, but to come into the pulpits, Lord. Lord, it shall change that which is coming out of the pulpits in the days ahead, Lord. Lord, the confusion, the mixture. Lord, you desire to purify that which flows from the pulpits, of your churches throughout this nation. So, Father, we ask for strength. We ask for insight. We ask for that ISAP to be upon not only the fivefold ministry, but upon those intercessors that you are bringing into alignment with your apostles and your prophets for this season. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you.
when Isaac redug the wells that were stopped up by the Philistines, he was at a well that was called Strife and Striving. But then he came to a well called Rehoboth. And that well, there was no striving. And Lord, you said that that well, that you made room for them and that they would be fruitful in the land. And I believe, Lord, when you brought Pastor Brian and Bren back to Sarasota, Lord, Lord, that you made room for them, Lord, and that they will be fruitful in the land, that they will be fruitful in Sarasota, that they will redig the wells of revival in this land, and that we will be fruitful. Much fruit will come forth, Lord, and your well will be unstopped. What the enemy has tried to stop up in the region will be unstopped and new fresh waters will flow. Waters of revival in this region, Lord. And God, I thank you for the second great awakening, Lord, in Rome, New York. God, that was called the Burnt Over District because everyone there was saved, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that Sarasota will be called the Burnt Over District, Lord, that you will move by power of your spirit in this region and that it will be the Burnt Over District, that everyone shall be saved and come to the knowledge of you, Jesus. Lord, in that time of the Second Great Awakening, Daniel Nash was Charles Finney's intercessor, and he would go into a region and pray. And then when he felt that the timing was right, Charles Finney would come in, and everyone would be one to the Lord. So I thank you, Lord, that as we intercede for our region, Lord, that you will come in and just move and bring people to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that you have prepared for those who love you. We love you, Lord, and we're looking forward to seeing those things and hearing those things, Lord. Oh, God, we look forward to the miraculous, Lord, that you will be moving through your church in signs and wonders and miracles in the land, Lord. Oh, God, bring that forth in this region, Lord, in this nation, oh, God. Lord, uncap the wells of revival. Lord, even as we go to Cane Ridge, God, as we go to Red River Meeting House, God, Lord, let there come forth from that encounter, God, even wells of revival opening in our area, God. Lord, that we would even bring that back, Lord, that there would be an impartation, God, of revival. Lord, that we would bring it back, God, and that you would just uncap the wells of revival in our area, in our state, God, in our nation, Lord, and just bring revival in this land. And we thank you for it, Jesus. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. 
thank you that you are raising us up to carry your mantle of revival, Lord. You're raising us up, Father. You're making us strong in you to bear up underneath your glory and your presence and the moving of your spirit without restraint. We thank you for it, Father. And we say yes to it. We commit to it, Lord. We'll not let the cares of this life distract us the pleasures of life Lord even the ones that are fine are good Lord we won't let them distract us though from what is most important what this nation what this world needs in this hour God thank you Lord that you're wanting to put that upon us what a privilege we say yes, Lord. We ask that you make us faithful to it. We ask that you make us committed and strong to it, Lord. Lord, your word says that those who wait on you will renew our strength, will mount up with wings as eagles, will run and not grow weary. We'll walk and we won't faint. Lord, we will continue to strike the ground and strike the ground and strike the ground, Lord, not until we become weary and we can't anymore, but until we are so strengthened, Father, that it becomes the new norm and we can keep running and we can keep striking. Lord, and keep running and walking and not fainting, Lord. We will keep striding and striking and keep contending, Father. In Jesus' name, for you and your glory and for your kingdom. That it will become our new norm. That we will be, go to another level and be strengthened in the spirit. And it will be who we are. And we will be the move of God be revival. We will be outpouring of your spirit to this earth. Father, we love you. You are our passion. You are what sets us on fire. And we declare we are yours and you are ours, Lord. Make us Father, we thank you all around our beloved nation right now that you are strengthening your church. And we are part of that army, Lord, that you are equipping and anointing.
for this time, for such a time as this, God. I thank you for the refreshing of the Spirit, the outpouring, God, that is happening all over our country now, that your church is arising. Lord, we thank you. It's all been you, Lord. You have carried us. You have strengthened us. You have given us all that we need, God, and all that we're going to need into the coming months and coming years. And I thank you for it, Father. And I give you praise. And Lord, I thank you that victory shall be a place of your dwelling, a place of your resting, and the habitation of your glory and the habitation of your fire will rest on the altar. And masses and multitudes will be transformed and changed by the glory of Jesus. We declare it to Sarasota. We declare it to Manatee. We declare it to Charlotte. We declare it to Hillsboro. We declare it to all of Florida. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Come on, let's give praise to God. Hallelujah. You may be seated tonight. I'd like the ushers to come. We want to serve you. In just a few moments, we're going to ask for our prayer team to come. If you need an offering envelope tonight, we want to serve you. If you'd lift your hand high, if you need an offering envelope, just lift your hand high so that we can serve you tonight. You can open your app tonight. You can give directly on your app. You can give at victoryfla.com. Those of you that are online, of course, you can give safely and securely right there at the website, victoryfla.com. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for your faithfulness of giving tonight. Are you preparing your offering tonight or giving online? We just have a few announcements we want to share with you. Uh, tomorrow, April 21st, Fourth is the um, Highfield House Fire, Jeff and Faith. I'm not sure where they're at tonight. There's Faith over here um, at 2 p.m. So you can RSVP um, to Faith and Jeff, or you can go online and do the RSVP that way. Yes, it's down in Venice. Um, also, our Evangelism House Fire is coming up this coming Friday, April 29th. We will be meeting in the lobby here at 6.30 p.m. if you'd like to go out on the streets with Shane and Janique and um, share the love of Jesus to our community. Amen. Amen. Yes. And one more, we've got our Fire and Glory Conference coming up in August. We are so excited. So we want you to make sure that you mark your calendars for that. It's going to be a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, 6 p.m. each night. Dutch Sheets, John Kilpatrick, Brian Gibbs. Woo! So, um, there it is, yeah. So we are going to have registration. We don't have it up yet, but um, it'll be coming up soon for registration. Uh, so you can register in shortly, but it's we just want to make sure that you do mark your calendars for that and get ready for it. It's going to be a wonderful time. 
Lorraine Fire, we believe that God has ordained this. And when we, when you have, you know, men of God, generals in the body of Christ that say, I can come and I can come this date, you take it, <laughs> right? And so we're just so blessed and so honored for the favor that's come upon us for them to be with us. And um, God's going to do great and mighty things through it. And for, and we're going to be vessels that God uses. Amen. So um, be a part. Make sure you volunteer for it. And it's going to be great. Thank you. Amen. Are you ready to give tonight? Father, we thank you for the privilege tonight of sowing to advance your kingdom. Tonight we give with honor and we give with love. Lord, placing you first. Honoring you in the tithe. Honoring you in our offerings, Father. I speak and, and just declare abundance upon you and your household. The favor of the Lord and prosperity upon you. The Lord delights in the prosperity of his servants. Lord, I thank you for breakthrough and miracle finances over every house. Your provisions, your favor, your abundance and breakthrough in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, ushers. Prayer team, if you would prepare yourself and you would just join me in the, in the altars tonight. We're not done. We want to open the altars in just the next moments. We want to minister to everyone that needs prayer tonight. If you're believing God for a miracle, you're believing God for a breakthrough in any realm, any realm of your life, we want to pray for you. Prayer team, would you come and join me? Thank you all so much. Now, Father, we just consecrate the altars to you tonight, Lord, that your power would be released, miracle power miracle virtue of Jesus would flow now. Flow now. Father, as we anoint with oil, as we lay hands upon them, Lord, tonight that healing will flow, power and victory will flow in Jesus' name. Church, have a miracle, miracle week. We love you. We bless you. You guys are champions in the Lord. And I honor you and I honor Christ in you. Be blessed. We love you. Good night, everybody.